Hello and welcome to EG's Voice of the Region. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG and I'll be continuing in our voyage of discovery around the UK's commercial real estate market to hear firsthand exactly what business is like for regional agents in their particular corner of the country. Uh, this time we're talking in Hampshire. It's a county in which Helia Langston has transacted not far short of half a million square feet of mainly industrial and office space. Uh, making it the county's highest placed regional agent in the on-demand rankings, with only Lambert Smith-Hampton having done more. Uh, so I'm pleased to be joined by Hellier Langston Director Andy Hellier. Andy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, now, uh, by way of introduction, can you tell us about your background, uh, when you came on board and the range of services the company offers? Okay, um, well, I started working for uh, the business in 2005. Um, as you can tell from my name and also from the company name, there's a, there's a family link there. Business was started um, by my father over 30 years ago now. Um, we've always historically dealt with the eastern end of the M27 corridor in terms of an office in Fairham, which dealt with the Portsmouth, uh, Haven, Fairham market, um, offering a full range of, of commercial property services from agency, LL on tenant, valuation, property management, and then in 2014, uh, Matt Poplar and Jason Webb joined us from JLL in Southampton uh, and allowed us to open a, a Southampton office, which has really opened up a number of doors for us as a business in terms of the clients uh, we can offer work to and also yeah, the um, the services as well. So, um, yeah, it's probably that uh, bringing Matt and Jason on board has been a, a real catalyst to being in a strong position that we're in today. Excellent. OK. Um, and what types of deal tend to form the, the bread and butter of what you do? Um, full range, really. I mean, Matt and Jason, uh, coming from a, a corporate background with JLL, have always historically dealt with a number of institutional investors and pension funds like Aviva, CBRE Global Investors, uh, Savills Investment Management. We also do a lot of work with uh, IPIF. But also, well, along with a number of those clients in the Fairham office, I'd say we're, we're a bit more diverse, offering work to, yeah, could be a private individual, a small property company, but also some pension funds as well. So we've, we've worked with uh, Standard Life and now what is now Aberdeen on uh, Fairham Industrial Park, which is a, a major industrial estate in the Fairham area offering over, over 400,000 square foot of industrial space. So a real range really. Sure, okay. Um, and it's kind of mainly based around that M27 corridor near the coast. Yes. Uh, I always say to people when they, they say, which which area do we cover? I, I guess, you know, taking the sea out of the equation, we probably cover <laughs> a 20 mile radius of both offices because, you know, we, we don't, we probably go as far as Chichester in the east from our Fairham office. Um, and our Southampton office, taking the New Forest out of the equation, probably as far down as Bournemouth, um, mm. and up as far north as Andover and Petersfield. So that sort of cut off. Sure. OK. Uh, now, the general picture I've been hearing from agents around the country is that the logistics sector has been absolutely flying um, and the office sector kind of starting to recover after a very difficult 18 months or so. Um, has that been the case in Hampshire? Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's an exception to the rule in terms of how Hampshire has performed. Uh, I remember going back to sort of March, April 2020 in the dark days of worrying where we were going with, with COVID that uh, was panicking that you know, what, what would happen. Whereas 
there obviously a, there was a slowdown for a, a six eight week period where people adjusted to what what life was going to be like for the foreseeable future but um the logistics sector suddenly picked up very very quickly based on people's trends in spending um yeah and, and that followed through with the logistics sector um yeah, the demand for industrial property across our our region being you know really hot um across both offices so yeah, we've done as you can tell from stats really we've done a number of deals over the last couple of years which um which reflect that sure okay um what would you say is hampshire's usp um you know what can occupiers get there that they can't get say in dorset to the west and sussex to the east uh, i guess you're always going to be biased when you 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 live and operate in that area but i think it's probably the major word is probably connectivity um you know those the other areas don't have such great uh road links i mean the m27 does have its problems i mean mm. we've been working in a, a two or three year period where there's major road works going on to, to turn it into a smart motorway but you know, go down to bournemouth or dorset area in sussex and that th- there is no motorway really so um you're going to suffer as a result of that and you know both with being two major cities in the in the area in terms of Portsmouth and Southampton and the ports that go with it um that that gives its gives it some benefits as well whereas you don't have that in the um the Sussex or, or Dorset area sure okay um now according to the latest figures um you've transacted more than 444,000 square feet of space in Hampshire uh, this year um what do you think you're getting right I think, yeah, regardless of, you know, I'd probably make a bigger point of the two officers doing different work, but I don't think that's that's not quite the case. We're, we're one team, but I think uh, because we are small and independent, uh, yeah, you're, regardless of the, the, the instruction, um, whether it is a job for, for the likes of Aviva or a, a private client, you're always going to get a director-led service, um, regardless of the, the instruction. So um, I'd like to think that people know um, they're going to get a quality of service when they instruct Helio Langston. Um, and yeah, the proof is in the number of deals we've done, I guess. Sure. Okay. Um, now, uh, your biggest deal, um, it saw Formation Freight Services take just over 100,000 square feet in a letting at Nursling, sorry, Nursling Industrial Estate in Southampton. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them and why they chose that location? Um, well, firstly, I, I think a lot of credit needs to go to um, my co-director Matthew Poplar and his and joint agents LSH on on the deal because obviously it was one that was on his his patch rather than the mine. Obviously, they're, they're a client of the business. But Formation Freight uh, are a Southampton-based shipping agent. Um, I think they've been operating for around 20 years uh, and had space already on Nursing Industrial Estate. And and although being a shipping agent, they need to be close to the docks. Nursling is is a great location for somebody who's operating in that in in that sector. Um, I think they've been on the, the search for a large building in the nursing area for some time, um, and because of the lack of availability, they'd had to take buildings and space down in Marchwood Industrial Park, which is not so cut out for sort of the logistics sector as such. Um, so it was an opportunistic move, I, I guess, from that point of view. Um, nursing is a perfect location and, and it will allow them the opportunity to move um, all of their operations over to nursing over time. 
No, I mean, people who don't know Hampshire that well, um, but have seen Howard's Way, which might be slightly before your time, um, kind of have this impression that it's kind of, you know, quaint little boatyards and sailing around the Solent. But it's actually got a very developed industrial offering. Um, who tends to be the big employers in that regard? Um I think, yeah, I mean, you've got a number of major, I'm talking from, from my patch, so to speak, with Portsmouth, um, you've got a no, number of major employers which, which um, come out of the dockyard in terms of, over time, you've had the likes of BAE Systems, um, Paul Europe have always been a big employer in the area who, uh, again, not, not a logistics um, uh, occupier, more sort of B1, B2, so uh, Portsmouth being a bit more of a, a manufacturing uh, production area than than logistics mm. um and then southampton a number of uh, occupiers who revolve around the cruise industry uh, and other things out of the commercial port sure okay um have you seen a boom over the last year in any kind of industrial sectors other than logistics um i mean Boom. I mean, this is probably not so such a, a boom, but it's a steady um, demand, really, more than that. I think, from my own experience on, the, you know, the Portsmouth Fairham area and haven't, we've completed uh, probably as things have steadied a bit with um, the situation with COVID, um, some deals with with some major or growing. Uh, B1, B2 occupiers in, in the Portsmouth Havent market. We recently did a deal in Havent with a, with a company called First Exhibition Services, who took about 20,000 square feet in Havent, um, which in terms of the, the Havent Portsmouth market is quite a, a large deal. We don't tend to get that many 50,000 square foot plus deals. Um, GRP uh, Solutions took a building in Portsmouth of around 25,000 square feet, which again, um, although they have a, a bit of a logis logistics element to their businesses, is also um, B1, B2. So, yeah, there, I think there has been examples of, of some reasonable deals, which you know, were not just propped up by the logistics um, boom. OK, if we move on to offices, um, if we rewind to the first couple of months of the year um, when, you know, everyone was fully locked down and quite fed up, um, how bad were things looking for offices um, and how optimistic were you that things would recover? Um, I mean, hand on heart, not not um, particularly confident. Mm. Uh, I th I, and I think I always think that COVID, with a number of things, not just offices, has probably sped up people's thought process. Uh, on a you know, on all property, uh, and I think offices reflect that. I think a lot of businesses who um, had quite major um, floor plates of office space, not just on the south coast but around the country, have thought you know whether they um, they need that space, uh, and you know, that's that's what's happened over the last couple of years. Um, I think the call it a recovery. Not sure it is a recovery yet, but because um, I think. The office market on the south coast has has always been a little bit tricky, and you've always, you know, uh, we've always, um, yeah, worked more in the logistics sector than the than the office sector. Um, but yeah, we've got a number of instructors on Solent Business Park now, which um, I think will target the type of occupiers who are looking for space now. That you know, the days of um, single let office buildings are probably a thing of the past with people taking 15 20,000 square feet there aren't that going to be that many 
people looking for that that amount of space. Buildings which have got you know, two to two and a half to five thousand square foot floors. I think that's going to be um, where people have have got a, a real. There's going to be a real sweet spot, and that's probably reflected with the deals that we've done over the last eighteen months. Uh, we had we had a building in Portsmouth called Bay House, which is on the outskirts of Portsmouth, a relatively modern building which we've had on the market for. Uh, six eight months before covid hit us and, and not let it mm. and as people crept out of um of lockdown uh, we managed to get it under offer so yeah people aren't completely um shut away thinking working from home is the um is the thing of the future but yeah the last 24 hours may may change that i guess but uh... <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of, you know, talking the day after the Prime Minister announced uh, Plan B, um, obviously with a directive for people to work from home where possible. Um, do you think that could put the brakes on the recovery? Um, I mean, without getting too political, I guess it depends on how much faith that you've got in, in terms of the route forward out of, of where we are at the moment. Uh, I don't think the commercial property sector can work from home um, effectively, um, you know, 100%, that's for sure. I mean, we certainly, we've changed our working patterns to allow us to do so if we want to, but it's just not, it's not a practical way of operating in terms of sharing ideas. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I just, yeah, I don't know where we go. I'd rather you know, wait and see, I guess. Mm. Mm, sure. OK. Do you think kind of flexible working patterns, you know, where you're in the office some of the time and at home some of the time, that's the future um yeah and i guess the, the percentage that you you spend in the office or out the office depends on on what you're doing i've got a, a close friend who who runs a, a quite a large recruitment company uh, and where they've been able to they've operated from an office um and there's very little activity working from home whereas other sectors probably more closer to london and you know, there may be people who've hardly been into an office in the last couple of years. So I think it's it really depends on the area that you're operating within. Sure. OK. Um, how attractive is Hampshire from an investment perspective? Um, what have activity levels been like this year and what sort of yields are you seeing across the various use types? Um, well, I think, yeah, like with the, the occupier aspect of offices, uh, yeah, there's been activity in the office investment market um not certainly not as as strong as the industrial investment um mm. area uh, and yields tend to depend very much on um the the key characteristics of that investment at the time really so you know, it depends on who the tenant is well and, and investors taking a view on, on where they see that building in five years time i guess i think um the, the purchases I've seen most recently have been around the seven or eight percent, whereas the industrial investments, uh, there's a couple of have transacted locally recently, and you're talking about yields of, of sub four percent now mm. uh, on, on modern or refurbished industrial space, um, which you know, go back three or four years um, was uh, was unheard of. But yeah, that's again that's across the country, isn't it? It's not just mm. uh, within the the, uh, the Hampshire region. Okay. Uh, now, um, Hampshire, it's um, a really nice place to live because, you know, you've got the 
sea on one side, the New Forest is in the west, South Downs are in the east. Um, but I guess that creates pretty strict boundaries on the areas where land can be developed. Um, is that an issue? I mean, is commercial land in short supply? And if so, how do you get around that? Um, well, I mean, speaking from from my patch in Portsmouth, yeah, it's there is you know it, there is no land um, mm. to speak of. I mean, it is it's opportunistic. You know, it could be um, an employer who calls out the area, which leads to you know an acre to two acres of land becoming available. But if that the reason why there is no land is as seen industrial land values um, not just creep up but shoot up really over the last three or four years. Um, and yeah, COVID hasn't changed that. Sure. OK, so basically you're kind of having to redevelop existing sites. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, sure. OK. Um, now, how important are the two ports to the overall real estate market within Hampshire? Um, I mean, they've both got different. Um, they offer different things to, to the the areas they operate within. I mean, Portsmouth has always been more of a, um, a passenger ferry port than a commercial ferry port um, and yeah the Southampton docks have one of the reasons why nursing industrial estate has, has been so successful because of its proximity to the docks leads to you know, people like um, formation freight that we talked about earlier taking space there um, yeah because of Portsmouth being more of a passenger ferry port you don't have that same pool um, Southampton docks yeah, you've got so many different um, container ships coming in and out of the, the area. It's, it's a real, a real plus for the city. To what extent does that drive, um, you know, the demand for different use types in those cities? I mean, I guess in, within within Southampton, it makes it more industrial. Um, you know, uh, is there a knock on in Portsmouth in terms of, you know, uh, say hospitality or retail for the passengers that are coming through? Yeah, I mean, I think that's changed in in recent times with Portsmouth because there has well, obviously not in the in the, the, the recent past with um yeah it has become more of a cruise passenger terminal um but you've got the likes of Gunworth Keys which um, is an appeal for, for that sort of thing. Um Southampton there's generally a higher demand for open storage around Southampton docks um and that can be HGV parking um historically cruise parking for people using the cruise ships um the majority of container traffic coming through the docks you know, either comes by train or or HGV going you know up the M3 into the Midlands. So, um, Southampton doesn't have a you know, it doesn't have the the mega shed market that we see up in um, in the Midlands, but it does have businesses serving as you know, what is the second biggest container port in the country. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Also, on a kind of a transport issue, um, have you noticed any impact from a uh, uh, commercial real estate perspective of the effects of Brexit? I mean, are bottlenecks around trade increasing demands for storage space, for example? Um, not necessarily bottlenecks. Um, I think from around Southampton, a large percentage of, of its throughput is, is through the docks is, or through the docks is, um, is worldwide trade. So it's not necessarily just coming from, from Europe. So that's not going to have such an impact. Um, I think the knock-on effect we've seen most is the lack of um, workers coming from from Europe um, and you know HGV drivers and warehouse workers that you know, a lot of people will read in the press. I think I've seen a, a recent example with a with an occupier within the Portsmouth area who um, has had real problems getting 
raw materials into the country from uh, from Europe, which you know has almost brought their operations to a standstill. So I'm sure they're not the only ones. Um, but yeah, so I think it's yet to be seen all of the effects of it. Mm, sure. Okay. Um, now, um, in your patch, uh, Southampton and Portsmouth, they share quite a strong historic rivalry, um, which tends to be the bigger market in terms of commercial property. Uh, depends who you ask, I guess. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, although working in the in the Portsmouth area, I think Southampton has a has a bigger a bigger um, a bigger market to operate within. Um, it tends to cover um, more areas. I mean, you've got Eastleigh, Chandler's Ford, which are quite big industrial patches. So I'd say Southampton has a bigger um, a bigger area to to operate from. And also historically, Southampton has has had a bit more of a um, uh, an office heart to it than, than Portsmouth has. So uh, Portsmouth has never never been blessed with a, a massive office um, prominence. Sure. Okay. Um, where do your allegiances lie when it comes to football? Um, well, mine are from where our office is really. So I'm I'm a, a property fan, uh, but Matt in Southampton is a is a Southampton fan. I mean, our Ooh. meeting room in um, has um, uh, shows allegiances to both. But one of my co-directors is a Derby fan. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, we we've always historically um, been sort of split down the middle in terms of where our directors have. Um, uh, have supported. Sure. Okay. No, I mean, I only ask because um, people often speculate as to you know the worth of a successful football club to a region's economy. Um, and within Hampshire, it's kind of an interesting case study because you've got a Premier League team and a third tier team. And I was just wondering if that had a discernible impact in terms of you know global profile of those cities and the overall attractiveness to potential occupiers and investors. Um, I mean, if you go back. To sort of 2008, 2009, where Southampton were were almost in the same position that Portsmouth are in now. Mm. I, I wouldn't say that uh, it, it had a, a knock-on effect to the, the profile of the Portsmouth area in terms of um, its attractiveness to investors. Uh, I think it, if you look at uh, the bigger teams within the Premier League, you know, areas like Manchester, London, Liverpool, it may have a bit more of an impact on on those people, um, but but I don't think it's it's felt so much with the likes of Southampton and Portsmouth. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, now, one area where the two cities are going to be working closely together in cooperation um, is going to be Solent Freeport. Um, how big an opportunity do you think that is for Hampshire, and where do you see the opportunities for commercial property? Uh, I think not means to sit on the fence too much, but I think it's. It's a little bit unknown at the moment because I think everyone, when the announcements were made um, in the Chancellor's speech, that we are rubbing their hands that so that the Solent area had been um, selected, but we still don't know a huge amount as to um, where those sites will be. Um, and obviously, once they are, those those areas will um, see uh, some real positives from um, from the tax breaks that are available to occupiers. Um, um, you know, and the, and the infrastructure investment available could um, attract some large businesses to the area, but it's you know, still a little bit up in the air, I think. But, you know, it can't be a bad thing, I don't think. Yeah, sure. I guess it kind of exists at the moment as a nice concept rather than a kind of feeling much of a reality. Yes.
Sure. Okay. Um, now, if you had a magic wand, could do anything with it, um, what would you do to improve the fortunes of commercial real estate across Hampshire? Um, free up the planning laws, I think, in terms of um, make make it more flexible for um, developers uh, and landowners. I think also from a Portsmouth perspective, make um, uh, make more land available um, and uh, yeah that would only be possible with a magic wand because we're talking about <laughs> um, a, a densely populated and, and developed island area really mm. so uh, and and probably despite saying it is a positive um you know in comparison to the likes of dorset and sussex um probably make the motor the m27 um flow more freely but that's probably the case with um, with most major areas in the country with uh, with loads of ways there can be a blessing and a curse sure okay um and just finally that um you signed up to radius this year which means uh you get to see how you're doing on the rankings um and also you know you get access to everyone else's data um how useful is that and how are you finding using it um certainly makes it competitive amongst agents on the south coast mm. um so friendly rivalry with uh, with other agents but yeah, I think it's it's a good um, uh, benchmark for for us as a firm to see where we're doing well um, and where we can possibly improve. Um, so yeah, it's certainly at the moment with uh, with the stats which have which um, have come out of it, it it's a positive. Uh, and it also yeah, not just seeing that we've the number of industrial deals, but yeah, if they are only um, larger ones, um, we can always look at other areas of the industrial market to see where. Um, where we're missing out. Perfect. Okay. Well, on that positive note, I think we'll bring things to a close. Andy, thank you very much for your time. No problem, Jim. Thank you.